Hello, everyone. Welcome to Set Stories Podcast, where filmmakers talk about crazy set stories. We get high sometimes. My name is Hootie. You all know that by now. And I have Charles and Jonathan with me because I make them come to every single episode. And Charles is, of course, smoking again from his Gandalf pipe, which <laughs> looks amazing. What are you smoking, dude? Smoke on peace what pipe. Um, a what? <laughs> I have to smoke from peace pipe. The blessed. The blessed. Mm. We smoke oh, from peace for peace. It's uh, <laughs> it's sativa, and I think it's blueberry. Ooh, yummy! I think that that good. sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> today's episode, we have another guest on today's episode. He's a friend of mine. I worked with him before. He was amazing on set. I would love to work with him again. We have Stephen. Stephen Ho with us, everybody. Hey. Hello. Hey, How are you? Doing all right. Thank you so much Good. for coming. Yeah, thank you so much. So tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do in this crazy industry and uh, where you want to end up, unless it's, it is what you want to do, um, and how you, why you're making films. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a DP. Uh, I've been, I mean, working professionally as a DP for about six years now. Uh, previous to that, I was a, I was a professional stagehand. Uh, I used to work for uh, UC Davis and UC Berkeley and their big sort of big theaters. Um, and then uh, it, got, it got to the point where I realized that I couldn't really advance if I was going to stay as a stagehand because once you're a stagehand, it's just like, that's all you're going to do. Like maybe I would become like a master electrician or a master carpenter, but like it wasn't really something that I was interested in doing. So I moved down here uh to go to film school actually uh i went to chapman and uh i did their masters in cinematography and you know just working as a dp since uh occasionally doing like stuff like you know being in the genie department and acing and diting and once in a while coloring but generally just trying to like you know stay focused on being a dp amazing awesome yeah. Do you have any Do you have any stories for us, Stephen? Uh, I mean, like to, to circle back on a, on a previous episode, uh, the one that Harris Smith told Ooh. about uh, the, Harris. the guy who got injured, and so I was partially there for that. Uh, what happened was uh, it happened really early in the morning, and uh, I was uh, at the school, uh, actually preparing to go to another set. I was getting ready for the carpool, and I. I was, I think I was getting like a breakfast or something from the vending machine, which is right next to the stage where it happened. And I remember just walking towards the vending machine and I saw like the guy who got injured holding his head and walking outside to the, to the loading dock. I was like, oh, that's weird. And then I looked on the ground and there's like a trail of blood. I was like, oh, oh shit, what the fuck happened? <laughs> and I like the, the first AD walked out and I was like, what the fuck happened? And he's like, oh, so so-and-so got injured and he's got to go to the hospital like fuck me man that's, <laughs> like, that's crazy but yeah that's like you know just confirming that yeah the, the story it did happen told, it actually happened oh gosh see yeah, that's why it's important to how to lower a light down or else gravity will do its work and yeah i mean smack you on the side of your face i mean like i've heard various versions of like how it happened I've, i have no idea like which one is like sort of the truth or if it's like you know the truth is in the middle sort of thing but <laughs> actual I mean, persons i mean what ended up i mean what ended up happening was like you know got hit on the head got injured got knee stitches and you know it was unfortunate that that happened but you know it's 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 a it's a story yeah. that like you know you, you gotta sort of you know pay attention on on sets especially big stages where you know we're, you're working with big lights and there's like huge like you know overhead you know rigging systems and you know, you got, yeah, you just got the attention. Yeah, it's scary. I mean, sets are dangerous, like, all the time. That's why there's they workers' are. comp. They, they can get up there. <laughs> However, um, I, I worked on, you're right, they do get dangerous. But, you know, on stages as well as, like, industrial buildings, like, yeah. when we do, uh, sometimes we have to do rigging in, like, industrial places, like, uh, what is it, like, abandoned uh, staples or whatever. Yeah. And just so everybody knows out there, scissor lips, they can withstand a lot of weight, a, a lot of movement at full height. We were full height at scissor lifts and people would freak out. This is just Charles and a very experienced East Coast uh, grip. Um, we both were on scissor lifts for about eight hours a day 
at top height, do, do I know what you say, rigging big lights? Um, just, well, like, what is it, the, the nine light, like, not the nine light phase, yeah. like the big LED, uh, I think they're called like sun rays or something. Um, and we're rigging those and we're moving around a lot. I tell you what, up there I was scared. I was a bit timid, but uh, the other grip was like, no, man, these are fine. He was moving around, you know, sharing stories of like, you know, when he was up there. Um, but if you don't, if you aren't careful though, like at that time, like he was experienced, whatever, I was still taking my time and almost you could get, oh yeah, up there, it's, it's like a, it's like a death trap if you're not careful. Oh yeah, uh, I've got, I actually got, I've actually got a story about being in a, in a genie lift uh, when I was working as a stagehand. Uh, like it, it was a, it's just a one man lift and it's got, you know, outriggers in it. And then uh, we were doing a, a light focus for a show and if I remember correctly, we were at uh, working height, which is about 25 feet from like, you know, the stage. And I remember like there, I was in between two electric line sets and one of them was like pushing against, uh, I get, I guess the, like either it was pushing against me or is pushing against the, the, the lift. And I remember at one point I was trying to get to a light and I started pushing it. And I remember feeling this very distinct feeling of like something like sort of like leaning over like, oh shit so oh i stopped Lord. i was like oh my gosh. i was like okay not touching that <laughs> oh my gosh that's just scary <laughs> your, your whole life goes oh you're like i'm really doing this what's the rate uh what is it <laughs> yeah. i mean i mean like i mean it's just one of those things where you're not really thinking but then like you know you start feeling you know your center of gravity shift you're like oh fuck you know stop <laughs> oh my god that's so scary like some like grips have to be like like not scared of heights i can never do that oh, like yeah. i see them like i'm like oh my god that's so high up like i don't know yeah. i don't know how they do it i don't know like it sucks because like i'm like i i'm afraid of heights and like i basically can't be in a position where you know i'm on like an i-beam like like hundreds of feet above the floor just because like i get really bad vertigo so mm. i have to be i have to be i got to be the bitch on the floor kind of <laughs> <laughs> that's the right don't place worry, to be. I'm not yeah. No, that's the right place yeah. to be. <laughs> that means you're the boss. Um, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The number of times. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I guess I, I should get into, uh, I, I guess, like a serious story. And uh, there's, no, there's, there's no, you know, uh, there's no kind of stories. You know, we just, mm. what else? Um, yeah, there's no rules. No right. rules here. Yeah. No as story. long as it's a story we love to hear it <laughs> all right uh i guess I'll, I'll tell about the time that uh, i actually got injured on set so th this actually needs a little bit of backstory so uh my last year at chapman i was shooting a film called uh tuesday crowd uh and uh first day we uh shot with uh one actress for one scene and you know went smoothly and then she was supposed to come back towards the end of the shoot for another scene that she was in. And what ended up happening was, I think two or three days before she was supposed to come in, uh, she, she just canceled. So that meant that we had to do pickups because uh, we ended up hiring a new actress in the middle of the week and shot that last scene with her. So we had to go back and shoot, reshoot that, for, that oh, scene. Oh, Lord. Jeez. Okay, so... Uh, the day like that we did pickups, um, what ended up happening was we shot in one location and we shot that scene and then we decided, hey, well, let's leave the gear here and then we'll come back in the next day and then we'll you know pick everything up and then move it to the next location to do the scene that you know we had we had to pick up. So I arrive in the morning, it's like all the gear is at the director's house or his apartment and you know i walk in and the cat's just lying on the ground near the gear and you know i've you know met with this cat you know several times already the cat's you know chill so i just been now pet it and all of a sudden the cat like starts coming up and i thought i was like oh like maybe he's gonna be like you know he's gonna want more pets and he bites me on the wrist Whoa. hard. Oh no! And oh like, like the cat's locked on; it's not letting go. 
Ouch. And I'm just going like, oh, fuck. And I'm just going like, ow, <laughs> ow, ow. And then, oh like, I'm, like, standing up at this point, and the, and the cat's, like, just, like, holding on right here. And, like, my, the director sees it. He's like, oh, fuck. He runs <laughs> over, grabs the cat off, and, like, throws him in the bedroom, closes it. <laughs> Oh, and wow. and I'm just like looking at my hand. And it's just like bleeding like hell. I'm like, oh, shit. oh my god! So, director and I go to the bathroom and start cleaning the wound, and it's it's bleeding pretty profusely, and it's like not really stopping. And director's kind of freaking out. I'm kind of calm about it, just because I'm just like, you know, <laughs> it's not gonna help if I freak out. And I I distinctly remember like you know my hand going cold and start shaking, and and I just like sort of like you know just calmly said oh like i'm going to shock <laughs> oh my god dude. and like at, at that point he's like oh. okay like you know holding like holding like a bandage to it and putting yeah. pressure on it mm-hmm. and it stops eventually but then like you know just clean we got cleaned up with alcohol and like just bandaged, bandaged it up and then i continued uh you know, packing the gear in my car. And then, like, went away for a little bit and then came and then went to the next set and uh, shot, like, that last scene. And throughout that time when I was shooting that last scene, like, that, that pickup, I'm just like, eh, like, my hand's getting sore and, just, like, I can't really put my hand in my pocket to grab my keys. So I'm doing this weird thing where I'm using my left hand to go into my right pocket. Mm-hmm. It's a little awkward. And, you know, the shooting went by without a hitch, but the next morning I wake up, my hand's swollen like a motherfucker, and oh my God. I'm just like, okay, this isn't good. So I call my brother and I asked him, like, hey, can you take me to the hospital? It's like, you know, I need to go to the ER because this thing's infected. <laughs> and so he he came down, drove me to the hospital, and uh, like signed in and you know took me into the back, just put me, like sat me on a bed, just like you know, wait here, doctor will be here. And I like waiting there five minutes, just watching TV because uh, so it's Super Bowl Sunday, so I'm watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> Perfect. <in the> <laughs> That's a great way. It worked out. And uh, the doctor comes in, he's like he pauses, he looks at my hand, he like looks at me, and then he turns around, and goes, uh, nurse, I need an IV of like amoxicillin, like stat. And he like turns what? around and he goes like, yeah, I don't really need to look at it. It's infected. <laughs> and oh and uh, he oh like, God. he like just says like, hey, you know, like if you had waited a couple days, then you probably would have lost your hand. So oh, okay. Whoa, dude. it was that oh, bad. Oh my goodness gracious. Were you, what position were you on that set? Oh, I was DP. Oh, you're. Yeah. Oh my God. And, and camera operator. Yeah, uh, well, for the pickups, I was also the camera operator. Uh, during oh principal photography, uh, we had a camera operator, but oh. uh, he wasn't available to come back, so I had to you operate camera. So you didn't even get injured by, like, equipment. You got injured. <laughs> yeah. Out of all the but, things. That's yeah. But, yeah, it, 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 I mean, it's, like, to me, it's a funny story that I can tell, but, it, like, but, you know, like, people are just like, oh, God, that's ter- terrible. Like, you know, you got bit by a cat, and then you got infected, you had to go to the ER. I was like, yeah, that's kind of funny the way it happened. It is. What kind of yeah. what kind <laughs> cat was that, man? Jesus uh, Well, I mean, well, apparently, like, cats have very sharp teeth, and they go deeper than, like, dog's teeth. Yeah, they're small. So, the small hooks. Wow. Yeah, so oh, basically got God. down in there really good, and then it just, like, you know, got bacteria in there. Oh. oh my but, god! Uh, yeah, the, the the first nurse tried to put the IV in my in my left arm, and then I guess like when she did it, like she messed up. She's like, "Oh, whoops! I blew your vein." Oh no! Oh, whoops! <laughs> How are you gonna whoops that? Yeah, and then like so, she had to get another nurse who was more experienced in, in oh getting IVs in. So, so they had to do my right arm, and then oh I was like lying there, like you know, with an IV of amoxicillin for. I think it was like an hour, just like because because it went through the entire IV bag, and it's just like watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh jeez, you're so chill about Even, this. I'm gonna curse that cat. Yeah, moral of the story: oh, adopt the dog. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I was just like, uh, like you know, whatever. This is you know, it's an accident. You know, I can't really be mad about it. Plus, like it's a funny story. So. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my you god, see, Charles. 
I like we him. We need to make this. We need to make a set stories out of this story, like a drunk history version. Oh, because you need to write a short story about this, and I would write the script. This is so. I mean, like, I'm glad you're okay, and I'm glad you're alive, and your your arm is still functional. But this is like hilarious. I mean, you you even said it's hilarious. Yeah, it's, like, it's literally like, a short like people people get freaked oh. out. Like oh like oh shit like you know oh you know, my god I see it I didn't but it's funny. <laughs> Well, imagine explaining oh to someone, God. like, hey, I lost my arm on set. And like, how'd you do that? A cat bit me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like for a while, like, yeah. like, it became kind of like the story around the school. And <laughs> uh, my friend and, and the occasional gaffer for me, Robert Chuck, just, uh, he, he started labeling me as Catman. <laughs> oh, no. So I, like, so every so often on set for, I think, like, a good six months, like, yeah. Like people, instead of people like saying like Steven, they would be like Catman. So. <laughs> Have you worked with this oh, director it. again? Oh yeah, he he, he keeps bringing me on on like shooting stuff. So you know we have a, gr we have a great relationship. So just don't. I, bring I, his I actually cat. told him a couple of years ago that I was going to tell the story, and he just kind of like, no, dude, why do you want to tell that story? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, people love cats. So the good. fact that I you know. laughed about it. Oh man. You and the Humane Society is knocking at his door. We, I heard you have a rabid cat. No. Okay. About the rabid cat thing. So um, at the hospital, they actually asked me, like, hey, you know, was this like a rabid cat that like just like, you know, was out in public and jumped down and bit you? I was like, no, it was my friend's cat. It was a house and, cat. Yeah. Yeah. And then it got to the point where they were asking me for details. And I, I think it was because that they wanted to tell, like, you know, the SPCA, like, hey, you know, someone's cat, like, you know, attacked someone. Right. And, and my, my directing friend, he was just like, you know, please don't tell them. <laughs> so, no. so like, I, didn't, I just kind of ignored, like, the hospital for a while. And, like, for, I think, six months, they, they kept sending me uh, mail, just mm -hmm. asking, like, hey, can you can you give us a written account of like what happened? What? No. Did a social worker Did a social worker show up to your household? And, like, no, it, it got to the point where they, they they understood that like I wasn't gonna like you know make this a big deal. So. You should have just wrote to some elaborate story like you were in. I was in the closet. Oh yeah, popped out of my coat. It was an unprovoked act. <laughs> Yeah, I could oh, I could have made so a story and was like, oh yeah, you know this. Like that's what happened. <laughs> no, they do but do like, something though. Do do. <laughs> yeah, no, they do. I've I've been a situation unset related where I got bit by a dog, and uh, yeah, they I think they did something about it, but I didn't hear about it. They were like, well, take care. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean take care? Of it? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I like, that's I so like ominous. It. It's like, hey, he's like, you know, we're gonna take care of it. It's like, what do you mean? It's like, oh, oh we're gonna take gosh. care. Of it. Yeah. You know, we all know what the code word for that is. Yeah. Taking all these care of it. Make the dog dig, dig its own grave and then put it out of its Oh, oh that was York! In, in the middle of the desert. You oh. <laughs> what is happening right Just now? Turned dark. Just so turned dark. I know, it's, it's, it's hard, hard left. Hard left. But no, like, I have always wondered this if I was like a producer on a set. And I, I like, I never remember this. I never even thought about this until right now. Like, do whatever, like if we're shooting in interiors and they have a, a dog or a pet, if people are allergic to it. Cause that's oh. happened to me before. And I'm like, by the end of the day, like by lunchtime, you know, six hours in, I'm like sneeze, sneezing. And I'm like, what's going on? Like what's happening? Oh, they have a, they have like five cats in the other room. And then there's like fur yeah. everywhere. And like, you know, the producer never really, I've as a AD, I've never really thought about that to like, mention that in the call sheet or mm, you know because no. that's but important that's people get sick and get yeah. allergic and can't do their job yeah or, yeah. If, or if your cat bites randomly oh yeah that, well <laughs> now we know this yeah. is one reason to be like there's pets your db could get bit and this could happen oh god yeah. oh god uh, do you wear like a glove now or something but no like for for like a while like i just had a bandage and stuff because like you know there's the cat bite and then Apparently, I didn't really notice this at the time, like, because, you know, he at the moment. 
but like I had scratches all around my wrists because you because the cat was also like clawing at me too. Oh my god, dude! I'm not a cat person, man. I'm a dog person. Cats are I'm a dog person. Don't, too. don't tell like, them know that. Do not let them know that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got a question, Senor. Yeah. Um, a DP. Um, have you worked with um, any any um, interesting directors recently? Uh, deep, uh, new directors that you haven't worked with before. Um, I'm currently working with uh, a, a director now. Um, so he started out as an actor, but then he he kind of wanted to create his own sort of uh, I guess his opportunities for acting, and also he wanted to direct. So I've been working with him quite a bit, um, just shooting like short little I think five minute like you know short films, usually horror. Um, and then so we've just been continually working together for. Uh, I think since I want to say since November, and like we've just been sort of talking about like oh like you know we should do a horror feature which is like a, a no budget affair, um, so we've been talking about doing that and then uh, we've also been talking about like doing uh, a web series that uh, supposedly is shooting next week but who knows with like you know COVID and shit, but uh, yeah I mean he's he's been fairly interesting uh, he's been fairly receptive to you know ideas and stuff he's really open-minded about it so that's always great to you know work with a, a director who like you know you know who's open to ideas and you know doesn't immediately shoot them down <laughs> mm. touche yeah i think yeah. those yeah those are the best peeps we were just talking about having good people to work with and how uh on the last episode of uh talked about um how it's like match.com uh find you know your your kind of connection and the producer said the first thing she asked her director is who's your dp and if they've been working and as you know um you know it's a collaboration kind of thing mm. um and they have to be like almost not like a married couple but um kind of no they are a married out. couple they are yeah, like they a married are. couple and that it kind of it's hard to get there in my opinion um unless you somehow just have chemistry with someone otherwise it's just like do this and then that's it and if they shoot it down like we get shot down all the time but they have to have some kind of solution to, or like a reason why it's getting shut down. Otherwise, all the blame gets laid on to you. You know, like with, you know, the director DP relationship. I mean, yeah, you have to be, you know, fairly open to, you know, to suggest to each other. It's like, Hey, you know, let me try this. Cause you know, this reason, uh, I usually find that the, like, you know, the worst thing to do is, you know, saying like, you know, I had this cool idea, but then not really having a basis for like, why you want to do it other than it looks cool yes god i don't i hate describing shots like that like it looks cool from this angle it's like well it has to have it has to serve the character it has to serve the theme it has to serve the script it has to serve the story and everything like that so yeah i don't have you worked with directors who've said they just wanted cool shots quote unquote um i mean one thing that i that i was on actually uh as an example of sort of like someone suggesting a shot that uh, wasn't really appropriate to the story, that or at least that I thought was, um, I worked with a director on a web series. Well, in pre-production, uh, I ended up getting fired on that actually. So woo! Uh, fired in pre-production. <laughs> no, that's not woo. Sorry. Um, I'll, I'll explain the reason <laughs> reasons for why I got fired later. But so what ended up happening was we were we were in a pre-production meeting we're just kind of talking about like oh well how do we want this to look and uh there was like some there was a scene where he suggested that uh he wanted this like really high overhead shot and i had asked you know what you know what's kind of the story basis for that and then he had said that oh that's like a god's eye point of view shot of the character and like this web series is all about like faith and uh mm. i guess like not like just kind of like not knowing you know if you know god exists or whatnot etc and i remember saying like you know i don't really think that's a great idea for you know what you want this web series to be about because you know in the moment you put something like you know sort of like a god's point of view thing you're kind of giving away the game where it's like you're making a firm stance on you know there is a God and, you know, there's like a concrete absolute sort of like morality about, you know, what's going on in the series, but you're, 
you know, but that's not what the series is about. Is it like a contradictory shot where it's like you're being on the nose and you're trying to be a little mysterious about it? Yeah, like I, I suggested, like, you know, I like I, I suggested to the director that, you know, we should have everything sort of like essentially eye level, like be on the perspective of the characters and the relationships between these characters. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really see it that way. And like, he, like the way, when I, when I like brought that up, he was like, oh, okay. And then you know, he kind of said, you know, I'll think about it. And then uh, I think like the day after that, he like called me and then said like, no, I think I kind of want the God's point of view thing. And I was like, okay, you know, you, you know, it's what you want it to be. So I, you know, I can't ar- really argue with that. But okay, so here's the part where like I, I got fired in pre-production. <laughs> so during the meetings that we were having, uh, he we were discussing locations of where we were where we were going to shoot. He had said that hey, you know, we should go shoot at this metro like this sort of under construction metro line, and you know, we'll you know steal shots and. Uh, one of the shots that he had mentioned that he wanted was like, you know, like we're shooting on the train tracks. It's like, no, that's not what? a good idea. No. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and I was like, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable with that. You know, the safety issue, like you shouldn't be doing that in the first place. Mm-hmm. He had brought up that, like he had talked to his wife, who's like a, an insurance adjuster. She, she had given the okay. And I was like, well, she doesn't work on the tracks, you know, anything could happen on there. He was like, okay. And then he's like, you know, we'll talk about it. Hang up. Five minutes later, calls up, he calls again. I was like, yeah, hey, what's up? He's like, I'm firing you. I was like, what? why? He's like, and he got into this huge rant about how, well, one of the things that he talked about was like, oh, I wasn't really present for these meetings. Like, no, I, was, I went to the meetings and, you know, I gave you my two cents. I think the issue was that, you know, you just didn't like what, you know, I, you know, I brought up. And then he had said something about how I wasn't present for the, uh, I guess, the read-through or like the rehearsals. And... I was like, well, you told me not to come. So like, that's <laughs> he's just me. making that's up excuses, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then he went on this huge like rant about uh, like how, you know, I had to be like super uh, enthusiastic about the project, which I was. Uh, and then I had to sort of like, you know, you know, take risks and stuff. I was like, well, that's like, I believe in taking calculated risks. <laughs> to a degree. Yeah. Not your life risk. Yeah. I was like, you know, I, and, and I told him about like what happened to Sarah Jones. And okay, so here's the thing. Mm-hmm. So when I was a stagehand, I worked with someone who knew Sarah Jones. Oh, wow. And I remember the day that I found out that, um, that you know, what happened on that set, I, I had a contact in, in the IA and he told me the night, he told me one night, uh, like, you know, the night, that, like the, the day that happened, and said, like, you know, you're going to see some serious shit in, like, the next week. And I was like, okay. Next day, I go into work. One of my coworkers is just crying. And then I was like, hey, you know, what happened? He's like, my friend was killed on set. I was like, and then I said, you mean Sarah? He's like, yes, do you know her? I was like, no, but I heard from someone in IA that, like, what happened. And then all the guys I, I worked with are in IA. And the house wasn't wasn't an IA house, but it was run it was run like one. And so mm-hmm. we got into this huge con- huge conversation about like you know about like set safety and you know what's acceptable and what's not. And you know I told them I told the director about this and how you know I like I have a personal connection to to what happened to Sarah Jones. And he got very defensive. He's like, Oh my god! He he got he got into this whole like you know I would never put anyone's life in danger. It's like, well, you're telling me to. You're, yeah. Telling me to go shoot on train tracks, dude. Yeah, like, can't no permits or shut down. I'm assuming. Uh, I mean, like, I mean, I like this was like three days before principal photography for this web series, so I got fired three days before oh it was supposed God. to happen. Oh, and, shame on and him! In that time, he hired another DP, like a friend, a friend of his. Like you know, the shoot went on. Another friend of mine did end up uh, uh, working on that set, at just, not in like any sort of camera department or genie thing, 
Like he was doing something else. After it finished, I asked him, like, oh, how was the set? You know, because I got fired. <laughs> and he just said, like, oh, it was, it was not good. Not good. Oh, my God. And uh, a video that they, a BTS video that they ended up putting up was, um, uh, it was a scene where the actress is on a bicycle in the middle of the street. The DP is falling her from the front. And the way he's doing it, he's, he's got the camera on a Ronin. And he's rollerblading backwards. Eee! Yeah, and, and then <laughs> right before you hear cut, you can see a speeding truck coming toward them. No, oh, no, 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 fuck. And then oh right God. when you hear cut, you hear someone yell, "Get out of the street!" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." Oh my God! Why is it they're like cops? You see, I if I want to create like a set police, like to yes. go to these sets, like what yes. you guys want. <laughs> Yep. What are you doing? What's the common sense? Stop. I mean, technically, I mean, regular police are already doing that. Like, yeah. <laughs> however, like, there was a time where I was shooting in, in the street in a very busy part of LA, and I had a fairly large camera, and then, you know, it's on a tripod, and I remember seeing a cop car go by, and then the director that I was with said, oh, shit, you know, be prepared cover to it up, put cover it away. up. <laughs> The cop car never stopped, and then it just like went by us and like just like ignored us. So like, oh okay, never mind. Mm. Oh my god! Gorilla shooting, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, But but yeah, like in general, whenever like something dangerous comes up, you know, I've been. You gotta, you you know, say something. Oh my god! Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like I'm so like proud of you that you did that and. Yeah. Um, I don't care about that director. I don't ever want to work with him again. Uh, I hope you don't either because oh, yeah. something bad could have happened. Uh, thank God it didn't to you. Uh, but to those of us who don't know who Sarah Jones is, I do. I not personally, but would you explain what happened if you feel comfortable with it? Oh yeah. Um, so Sarah Jones was a uh, camera assistant uh, who was working on the uh, film Midnight Rider, which was the Allman Brothers document, uh, not doc- mm-hmm. the uh, uh, music biop. Yeah. And uh, what happened was uh, the director and sort of the first AD and the producer basically said, okay, we're going to shoot this camera test uh, on this uh, trestle. And basically, like, it was just an excuse to say, like, you know, say, you know, we're shooting the scene, but we're going at this kind of like, you know, you know, hush, hush, you know, it's, no permits or anything. Apparently what had happened was uh, the location manager, uh, he had talked to, uh, I think, I, I don't remember exactly who, who, who the location manager had talked to, but uh, there was kind of a confusion of um, who owned like the tracks and who owned the land on like where the stressful was located. They had talked to who had owned the land, but then uh, they had gotten the pres- permission from the people who had owned the land, but they didn't get permission on the tracks, which is owned by the, the train freight company. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they shot on this bridge over this trestle and, you know, there's a train coming at them and they're just like, oh shit. And they're running for their lives. And then uh, apparently what happened was the train had uh, crashed into, I guess it would be a prop. It was like a bed and, you know, being a train and hitting something that bed just blew up yeah and then it hit uh, sarah jones as she was running away from it and then she fell into the path of the of the train and it killed her Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah, basically like they shouldn't have they really shouldn't have been there and uh yeah i mean that's just something that you know like no one should ever fucking do yeah, I mean, I can't even, I don't know what goes on in their heads to think that that was even remotely okay. Like, well, I, I don't understand that. I mean, I mean, the issue there is, is, is that the director, um, I mean, I don't mind naming him, Randall Miller, uh, he had, like, at least from all the stories I've heard from other people who have worked on the other movies that he had worked on, such as uh, the CBGB uh, biopic, um, he had kind of a very like blase attitude towards safety and oh. the rules. 
like basically he just kind of thought that you know i you know i can get away with this and yeah it's gonna work you know got he was lucky and then his luck ran out yeah but it's like it sucks that it needs we need to like after a major film accident like after the pleasantville one and after the i forgot his name but Uh, that was um, brent hirschman uh brent hirschman was a second ac for that yeah. yeah yeah he fell asleep at the wheel um and also the one that we all learn in film school, the helicopter, the, was it the Twilight? Uh, yeah, that was, that was on the Twilight Zone movie. Yeah. Uh, basically, Big Morrow uh, and two children. children were basically killed when the helicopter fell on them. And they weren't supposed to even be there because child labor laws. Um, but it takes an accident like that to happen so we can talk about it and fix it. Like that just like, it's like, like Charles said, like, use your common sense, guys. Like, their yeah. set protocol should be number one. Number one. Like, yeah. no, no shot is worth it. Nobody loves making movies like us, like we do, like I do. No mm. shot is ever worth ever, like, risking someone's life. Even, like, so, oh, the, you know, the, 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 the car tire ran over my foot. Like, not even that. That's oh. not worth it. Yeah. So yeah. let's not, like, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, come on, guys. Yeah, yeah, I mean, nothing. Nothing is worth a shot for a movie, just because. No. You know, in the end, is it's a movie. It's a piece of entertainment. It's not worth anyone's life. And we can shoot it again. Do you know, like, we could shoot it in a safer environment, controlled. Yeah. Or you can, can find it more. Better. You can think of a better idea. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I've been fired on a set before, so you're not alone there. On a set, yeah. I've Absolutely nothing well. wrong. Yeah. We're doing nothing wrong, by the way. Yeah. Uh, It was stupid. It was a student set, so I didn't really care. (laughs) I didn't really care. But um, it was ridiculous. Take take crafties. Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) I I didn't want to fire me. All right. I'll see how you guys do without food. I was kidding. (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) Oh, God. But Jonathan, I always think of what you say as a boom op. uh, if your boom doesn't dip in the shot at least one time a day, you're not doing your job. Pretty much. Kind of, and which is which is true. Like you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> even about the safety issue too. You guys remember the crow, right? Oh yeah. 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 And oh, I yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. dude, where was the person who was in charge of firearms to check that you know that firearm was empty, that you know the chamber was cleared and everything? And it was just I like, know. I'm like, you're you're dealing with firearms. This is something yeah, that yeah. you know can potentially kill someone. And then the fact that they wanted like. I guess actually uh, rounds that, you know, popped and did a thing or, you know, would actually kind of have a small charge to it. And that's what happened. Is, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, what ended up happening on the crow was, was, I mean, it was just like a, a line of numerous failures that, I shouldn't, that really shouldn't have happened, but created a perfect storm of, of right. a potentially dangerous situation. And basically yeah. what, like, apparently what happened was the arms master for that set, uh, basically, he worked a, like a long day, and then they just sent him right. home. And then that left no one there to sort of check, you know, the any of the arms that they had on set. Yeah. And so they had the prop master look at it, which you know, big no no. Yeah. And basically, he dry fired the gun, mm. and it apparently like uh, the blank round that they had in it. Right. Um, technically, it didn't have powder, but it still had a. a Enough yeah, charge yeah, the, the cap on it. So what ended up happening was it, you know, it ignited the cap and then it lodged that bullet or the casing into the the, uh, the barrel. I guess the barrel, yeah. yeah. So then next day they loaded up with actual blanks, and you know it's it's now a fucking gun. So because yeah, eject out that that you know that oh. yeah. But even then, it's just like you know. If you know you're running a set where like you're sending people home because they're too tired and stuff, and you know people are being burnt out, then that just goes to show that you need to call it a day and you know start tomorrow, because yeah, yeah you're, you're absolutely. I mean, honestly, like once you get to after 12 hours of work, it's diminishing oh, yeah. returns. Yeah, and you know, no, one, everyone's tired and exhausted. No one's working at their at their best. Yeah, and, and they expect the best. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it gets to the point where you know, just like this like isn't looking great just because everyone's exhausted so mm-hmm. you know it, it just begs the question of like you know why are we you know working on a schedule that's putting in like that or that's expecting that we're shooting like 14 to 18 hours a day right it doesn't make sense and even like you know there was an article that the 
I forgot like where I saw it, but it was like a first AD, like budgeted out uh, a schedule that was like expecting like, oh, we're, we're going, you know, long on the, like we're going long in the hours in the day. Right. And then they also did one where it's like, oh, we're, we're going to cap it to 12 hours, 12 hours a day. The 12 hour a day, like schedule was cheaper. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, they would have gotten, you know, things done maybe a little bit like longer than like the, the schedule that was uh, based around like, you know, 16 hour days, but right. like, well, it ended up being, you know, more cost effective and it didn't take that much more time. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, I, I've been on sets too, where we have to do overnights. And the worst part is like a lot of people don't factor in that, you know, yeah, we're going to, we're expecting a 12 hour day, but the worst part is by the time you actually wrap and everyone's heading home, you're going to be sitting in LA traffic, which is usually about oh, an yeah. hour, two hours to get home yeah. and you're going to oh, be yeah. falling asleep in traffic. So it's just like, you know, uh, guys got to, you know, double think like, you know, Hey, why don't we try to wrap it up as early as we can so that people have time to get home and get rest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, I mean, also like, it's also kind of a thing where, you know, if no one's really in a condition to drive home, it's like, you gotta find, you, you just gotta find like a place for them to sleep just right. so that, you know, they don't like kill themselves. Exactly. I've been on, I've been on a, one production that did that. They were very mindful of that. And it was mainly all nighters. Yeah. Um, that should be preached like crazy though. Cause that's the leading cause of death. And that's why yeah. Mr. Haskell Westler. Yeah. Lives in peace. Mm. Did that documentary. Yep. We need sleep. Uh, yeah. Has to be said. <laughs> yeah. It, it does. Well, no, yeah. it's yeah. a good. I mean, it's it has to be reminded of everybody. I mean, even though it it is common sense, you need to mm -hmm. constantly remind people like you can't do this. It's not right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, one. I mean, one of the big issues in hand is that every everything in the film industry is so tightly scheduled that like you know one little like bump is just like yeah. That, I mean, like I understand like the studio reasons why of you know why they run like 16 hour days but at the same time it's just like you know you're working with people humans like you know they get tired they got lives and yeah mm -hmm. you know you get like you, there's that's no way to really like schedule anything it's just like you know ignoring the human aspect of of like you know the crew is like mm, that's oh yeah yeah oh yeah touche the human aspect of a crew that's the that's the first thing I look for from my boss on the set. Yeah. Um, and one determined is the intro. As soon as you show up, you know, they start barking orders at you, like, move this, move that. It's like, no, human aspect, most likely not. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Like, come on. But if I they're mean, like, hey, good morning, that's all it is. And it's like, all right, you yeah, know, exactly. something. It's that, those little things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. They're here for my friend Robbie, he was so funny. I love him. I want to get him out here. He's like, I worked with one DP. He was like mistreating me. And I was like, hey, man, can you just like kind of tone down just a little bit? And he's like, I'm here to be your boss, not your friend. And he turned around. It's like, no. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that, I mean, that's no way to run a set. Just to, it is it. And like, that was a bad one. You know, it's the atmosphere. Like, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it really so speaking, of, speaking of atmosphere, so a lot of people don't realize that, you know, DPs do a lot to set the mood and tone of a mm -hmm. set. Mm -hmm. and you know if it if you have a dp who's like kind of you know really you know can't cantankerous so to speak so you know the set's gonna be like that no one's gonna be very like happy on that set but if a dp is chill and just like you know mm. takes things as they come then it's like usually is a better set mm. and it really does agree really. yeah 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 like the yeah. dp like the director and i'm pretty sure you can relate you've been, you've probably dp'd where you had to kind of like take charge you know you're like the lieutenant but like the director's like okay the director's gonna have his moments maybe there's whatever they're having their own thing but you have to kind of navigate the set because they come to you you know yeah um yeah. That, i mean that's that just like, with politics it is and it's it's kind of a good feeling because it's like nice like i'm in charge but it's not really my show but you know i, I mean get so <laughs> so what i've been told over the years is that you know the director is the one who's allowed to serve you know, be kind of like freaking out and, you know, tearing out the hair and, you know, like losing their cool. But like the DP has got to be like the bedrock of like the set mm -hmm. because, you know, everyone's looking to you for like, you know, you know, what to do and sort of like the marching orders and how everything's going to look. So, you know, the DP is the one who like, you know, if, if the DP is cool, like 
people tend to be like, okay, you know, this DP knows what they're doing. You know, they're not, they're not the one freaking out. The director is. Yeah. yeah. And I've, I mean, I've usually found that like, you know, through experience and it's like, you know, a, you know, a DP just you know, has to understand that like, you know, you can show, you, you can't, you absolutely cannot show that you're the one who's freaking out. Like, you know, deep down inside, like, uh, like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be yep. honest. You are totally true. as a DP, like, you know, first like day or, really like you know sporadically through the shoot you know i'm freaking out and mm -hmm. you know i'm 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 scared to death but you know i can't i can't show that to anyone because you know i get i gotta be the one who's you know the you know the bedrock of the set you know i can't i have to be the one who looks like they know what they're doing who looks you're funny who looks you're right yeah <laughs> i mean i mean i mean it's i mean it's hollywood you know you you gotta be yeah. the one who looks like yeah. they know what they're doing. but yeah. that that falters in though if you look like it you go with confidence and you get it done um and people trust mm -hmm. you yeah you're right mm -hmm. i the last short i did the very last one i did it was exactly like that um and afterward and i heard it from my camera crew like crazy they kept their mouth shut and I had to be the one, of course, like you say, that was the most stress I've ever been in my life, which is why I, I stopped <laughs> for a while. Yeah. It was, I mean, but it was learning experience. Yeah. I mean, like I've, I've, I've actually asked this, like asked this to my mentors, um, Johnny Jensen, uh, ASC. <laughs> uh, he, I like, so Johnny Jensen, uh, he, he's a big time Hollywood DP and he's retired now. And like a couple of the movies that uh, that he shot were uh, Grumpy Old Men. Uh, he shot the Ladies Man movie, um, and then he shot Rosewood. Yeah. Oh, and, wow. cool! Uh, I remember come, going to his office one time and just asking, "Was like, hey, like, you know, is, is it is is that is it normal for like a DP to just you know be fucking scared inside? You know, I can't show <laughs> it to anyone, but you know, I'm I'm scared. You know, I don't want to I don't want to fuck up and." You know, everyone's looking at me about what to do, and it's like you know, and you know, you're just sitting there on a set, just going, "Oh my god, how the fuck am I gonna like this?" Yeah, lighting. <laughs> That's the only thing. And and Johnny's response, and I will always remember this, was, "Every DP feels that, and you just gotta get used to it." Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Okay, good." I was like, "You know, great." You know, he's acknowledging that yes, you know, he's he's scared, and then he's like, "You're not alone." Oh yeah, and coming from the people that he's worked with, like he, like he worked with Jordan Cronenworth. Um, in fact, uh, like he, he had worked with Jordan, Cron Jordan Cronenworth up until like Blade Runner. Um, and then wow. like Jordan Cronenworth also worked for, you know, Conrad Hall. And mm -hmm. each one of them have, have said that, you know, I'm on a set, I'm, I'm fucking scared to death. <laughs> so yeah. it's always nice yeah. to hear that, you know, no matter what level you're on, it's like, you know, you still have that feeling of, you know, oh my God, what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It does yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's you with every that? position, yeah. too. Yeah, that's with every position. I'm always scared on set, like as yeah, sound, as AD, know. as producer, as whoever. And you, you know who I always like say, like, okay, who, if I'm, if I'm sound, I'm like, okay, who's the director and who's the DP? Because the DP and sound, or like should yeah, be yeah. working together yeah. um and steven is like one of the dps that i felt very comfortable with you on set most most of them i don't like you said like they have this like vibe they don't smile they're they don't even give a shit about sound at all like at all so, like i ask for a boom line and they completely ignore me no one cares you know it, it's tough but you're you're not like that and thank you for being so generous and kind and just normal Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Nor normal. normal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's the weird thing about like, I don't know, seeing you know other people around just talking about like, oh, you know, they they hate the first AD or they hate the sound guy. Then you know, there's all these fucking memes about this shit. I'm like, no, that you know, you shouldn't be doing that. Like, these people are, should be your allies. These should be your friend mm -hmm. because, you know, they're the ones who like you know they'll bring up issues with you know in case there's you know problems with like oh well. Sometimes, like, you know, I've had uh, boom ops say, like, hey, just letting you know, the best, you know, area where I can boom is here. But, you know, this light's here, so it, you may get something from that. I was like, oh, cool, thanks. You know, I'll, you know, I'll try to work around that. But, you know, 
you know, all these people who are working around you, you know, they're, they're not your enemy. They're, they're, you yeah. know, they're your friends, they're your allies, you know, they're, everyone is there to help each other, you know, make the best thing that they can. And, you know, whenever you hear people bitching about the first AD or like, you know, the yeah. boom off, it's just like, no, it's like, you know, that, that, that's just wrong. Yeah, there's no need for that, like, at all. Dude, we're, like, we're, yeah. we have the best job in the world. We're filmmakers. Yeah, like, get on, it. We're on a movie set. This is the coolest thing ever. We're Especially making art. Steven, you get a chance to get paid to play with other people's toys. Yeah. Kind of you and kind of Hootie and John. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, it's you get to be, be a kid, you know, and be, get to be creative, you know. And mm -hmm. it's, you got to remind, like, I have to remind myself that a lot. Even when doing the, the podcast, you know, like we're still creating things, even with writing or, or shooting. You know what I mean? Reed Murano uh, did mention this in a in an interview. She said that you know, as a DP, you have to be like essentially like a subservient master, where you know you're the master, you're essentially the master of your crew, and you can tell them like what to do and how to set up lights and stuff. But ultimately, you know, you're you're serving someone else. You're serving the producer and the director, and you have to keep in mind that you know it's not just about you. It's about like everyone around you and making sure that you know everyone's able to do their job and at least for me like i i always try to keep a chill set and you know i just make sure i i like to make sure that you know everyone is able to to do their jobs as best as they can and like not be pissed or you know whatever yeah amazing that's but that's how it should be done that's how it should yeah. be done yeah well We've exceeded our time, gentlemen. I mean, I'm having such a good time talking <laughs> yeah. with Steven. Oh, cool. Thanks. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind coming, coming back and telling more stories. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, get them ready. You are more than welcome. Yeah. More Dude, than welcome. like, I, I literally made a list of, like, stories. Like, it's like, oh, what should I mention? Like, I, oh, like I've got other stories that are, like, like, uh, like, amusing. And then there's other stuff that's just, like, oh, this is just, like, the most nihilistic shit ever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're more than welcome to come back. Uh, like, yeah, I, I love you, dude. I'll work with you anytime. Yeah, um, but is there, is there anything that you want to plug in or that you've been working on that's coming out soon that you're excited about that you want to tell people? Um, at the moment, no. Maybe like just like, hey, like check out my website, www.stephenhodp.com. <laughs> nice. Like, also Amazing. has links to, to like Instagram and, and IMDb. And your work, your work is on there too? Yeah, it's like, it has my reel. It hasn't been updated in, like, I usually update them every six months, but because of a uh, coronavirus yeah. thing, I haven't been able to update it lately, so. Wow, that's all right. Um, yeah, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much, Stephen, for thanks, coming thanks. on and telling that. your stories. You, yeah. Uh, come back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, definitely, like, I'm, I'm down to come back. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Uh, don't forget to don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page, guys. Set underscore stories underscore podcast. Uh, we're on Spotify. Our the link is in the bio. You can uh, check out setstoriespodcast.com for all of that info. And please, if you want to be on the show, we we want everybody on the show, no matter what crew position you're in. You can DM us um, and email us at podcastsetstories at gmail.com. I love you all. We'll see you next week.